connected. Seeing Red the Pod, episode 57, where we always discuss the latest Nebraska issues. I'm Stephanie, and here with me today is Melody. Hey, lady, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. I'm starting to feel autumn. Like, I can feel it in my mm-hmm. bone, and I'm ready. I'm ready. My yeah. garden's dying. My dog's start- Marable, you know who we haven't talked about in a while? Marable. Yep. She is starting to chill out. Oh. She'll never be chill. That's not her nature. She's not a chill dog. Uh, but she is not so manic. and Berserk. Just, yeah, just zooming around <laughs> all the time, destroying everything. Uh, you know, like, she, <laughs> I just like her a lot more. We go on car rides. And she can, yeah, like, she sits in the front seat instead of just keeping. She was going from the front, going to the back, going to the front, going mm-hmm. to the back, because she was so nervous about all the things all the time. And now she's like, oh, we're just going on a car ride? Cool. I'll just sit in the front seat. Oh, you're at the bank? I don't need to bark at everyone. Maybe if I don't like the look of somebody or a love look, maybe I'll bark. But she's, uh, she's really pulling it together. I'm very proud of her. Me too. Um, a dog that maybe is not a mistake anymore. Oh, Marigold. Anyway, she is a, just a little sweetheart, and that is the Marigold update. Good, good. Did mm-hmm. you uh, do anything fun this weekend? Uh, we did have a birthday party. Someone in my house turned nine. So that was pretty good. We had a very small a uh, number of kids from the class and then um, the neighbor and one baby cousin and just we played outside for the very first time ever I let the kids have work guns because the party was loosely based on this video game called Latoon 2 mm-hmm. and the good guys are squids who have ink blasters mm-hmm. So we set up a little baby pool and when we put little like blasters in there and the kids could fill them up with water and ink each other. And we had silly string, which we then did clean up because we don't want the birds to die. Right. And we, they blasted each other with silly string, which was great. And it was just very fun. Wonderful. What's going on in your life? I don't, I'm just working and spending time with my family. I know. I mean, family. I like, I like my family. So, you know, Tweedle dinking around in the yard. I, I'm getting some raspberries out of the raspberry patch and, you know, appreciating also fall. I was sitting out last night as the sun was going down and I'm like, this is great. I am getting a little anxious about the shorter days because I do like being outside, you know, but we'll see. We'll see. We have a fantastic guest tonight. Oh my gosh. This is redistricting is all the conversation mm-hmm. that's 
There is nothing going on in Nebraska that matters except nothing. the redistricting. Right. I don't care what Pete Riggins is talking about. Nope. It is not redistricting. Everything else literally is noise. It's nonsense. Mm-hmm. The only thing that matters for the next couple weeks yep. is redistricting. Yep. And we're bringing in the League of Women Voters to talk to us, and they have been the leaders nationally on working to educate the public and helping the public be involved. They're very nonpartisan. You know, they're looking for the fairest outcomes. And of course, we're looking for the most expressive yep. outcomes. But, but, you know, that's okay. That's okay. We love her and we can't wait for her to come talk because really, if you're listening to this podcast, you need to be involved in the redistricting process mm-hmm. at some level. You, yep. you, not, you know, your friend, not your local elected mm-hmm. official, you, you need to be involved in the redistricting process. And so we're really excited to talk to Mary Lee because she is has an expertise in how and how to get involved, yep. what kind of things to look for mm-hmm. that will inform you if the process is on or off track, and really like some effective ways of uh, communicating with senators. Yep. So, and I'll say, grab an N95 mask and there's... Uh, meeting in Grand Island on Tuesday, one in Lincoln at the Capitol on Wednesday, and one at Scott Convention Center in Omaha on Thursday, and get an N95 mask, some sanitizer, you can spray people in the eye with. No, please don't do that. But, you know, uh, get out and um, show up to those public comment sessions. Uh, We need lots and lots of people out there from all sides of the spectrum um, so they know that, you know, there's accountability in the process and our first question of course was what well what should we tell people when they're mm-hmm. like well how do i advocate well that's why we're bringing in mary Lee. yep so yep, yep. we're all the waiting room bring her in this evening we have mary lee moulton she is the co-president of the league of women voters of nebraska she's also the communication director of the league in omaha mary lee is the court appointed special advocate with casa and she's the mom of three daughters and wife to mike Yes. Hey Mary Lee, how are you? Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm great tonight. Really excited to have an opportunity to talk to you and all of your listeners about redistricting here in Nebraska. Yes, we are thrilled to bring in someone with some expertise because, as you know, it's just the buzz in anyone who pays attention to politics whatsoever. They know it's redistricting time. We know the legislature is going to come back together and discuss. Mm-hmm. where to draw the lines. And so when you're voting, when they say you're in district one through 49 for legislature, or I think maybe there's some other lines that they're redrawing, mm-hmm. you know, what's, you know, we just want to know more about that so that people can advocate intelligently and, you know, get a fair process that makes their state the kind of state that has a full civic participation yeah. process. And, and we're the second uh, we, house. That's right. We're the second house. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before we get started, I wanted to ask you, Mary Lee, can you give us a little bit of background about you? Like, are you from Nebraska? Sure. Do you have any pets? You know, (laughs) who are you? Sure. 
Um, so I am, um, I'm actually a native of New Jersey, but I've lived all over the country and we came here about 10 years ago to Nebraska. And, um, it was very exciting to come here. I came from Arizona where I, um, worked on a, a nonprofit, uh, for education funding. And when I got to Nebraska, I was happy to find out that we funded education in Nebraska, which was something really exciting for me. And so, um, I wound up, uh, getting a master's in communication from UNO and then went on to join the league. And um, I I have two dogs. I have a, a boxer who's very, very old named Putin of all things. It was very funny 13 years ago. And uh, and we have our, uh, our grand puppy uh, Fitz living with us, who is a long-haired dachshund. And he is uh, our daughter's dog who's out in California as a, um, a surgical resident. So we are watching him because she has no life. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the league definitely keeps me busy. That's for sure. You have two roles in the league. Mm -hmm. What are those roles? So you're the president of the women voters of Nebraska. You're the communication director of the league in Omaha. Mm -hmm. What, what does that mean? Are there two leagues? Are there, can you talk about that? Sure. The way the league works, and and let me kind of explain it from a kind of broad basis first, is that the league is a nonpartisan organization, and we do not uh, support or advocate for any political parties or any uh, candidates. But we do get involved in issues. And one of our most important issues, of course, are voting, voting rights, and redistricting is really a big part of that. And the national organization, so we, we kind of like think of it from, from the top down. We have a national organization, and they've been very committed to trying to make sure redistricting in the United States is as fair as possible. And for the last two years, they've been running a program called Fair Maps, and we've been involved in that. And we really tried to get Nebraska to be part of a commission, have a commission for redistricting. But unfortunately, uh, that was going to go on the ballot in 2020. But because of COVID, we were never able to get signatures and get that on the ballot. We we worked with um, Senator John McAllister to try to get a bill that would outline all of the procedures for redistricting passed during the session. And that, of course, went nowhere, never got out of the committee. So we're we're faced with a situation where the politicians are now going to pick our pick their voters. So um, so the, the way the league is structured in Nebraska is that we have one major you know, state league, which is the League of Women Voters of Nebraska, and I'm co-president with Tony Monette. And then we have local leagues in Omaha, Lincoln, Seward, and Hastings. And each of those local leagues is autonomous itself and, and deals with issues in their communities. But we all come together to deal with issues like redistricting on the state level. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, let's get into redistricting. Mm -hmm. Can you explain a little more? What do you mean by the difference between um, a citizen process and a politician process? Can you talk about what what we're doing in Nebraska? And is that what a lot of states are doing? Are we outside of of what general trends are by not using a citizen commission? Um, well, the Citizen Commission has become very popular. Uh, probably, I would think we're probably dealing with maybe a little more than a third of the states now using a Citizen Commission. And what that does is it, it allows for you have 
obviously Democrats, you have Republicans, and you have nonpartisans on this commission. And what happens in the legislature and, and the way it's going to be done for us is that the legislature is going to make the decision about redistricting. In the legislature, <clears throat> even though as a nonpartisan legislature, we have Democrats in our legislature, we have Republicans in our legislature, we have no one else. And a third of the voters, or actually a quarter of the voters in Nebraska are nonpartisan voters, and they have no representation in this process whatsoever. So we were really hoping to have the process, you know, be a commission, but that's probably something that's going to happen down the line. But what's going to happen in Nebraska is that the legislature is going to draw some really important districts. They're going to draw the three congressional districts. They're going to draw 49 single member legislative districts. They're going to draw six single member Supreme Court districts, eight single member Board of Regents district for the university, five single member public service commission districts, and then eight Board of Education districts. So it's it's more than just con uh, congressional districts and the legislature. There are the, all these other districts that are involved, too. And so it's a really big decision. And it's a decision that once it's made, we're gonna to have to live with for a decade here in the state because it won't happen again until the next census in 2030. I think that's really important. And I wanna highlight some of those that you talked about. So Regent, mm -hmm. they just voted on a measure that got quite a lot of buzz on the critical race theory, mm -hmm. uh, Board of Education, they have been working on health standards in our public schools. Uh, Supreme Court, I think everybody understands how important state and federal Supreme Courts are. And these decisions that they're making, they often last longer than 10 years. Mm -hmm. They sure do. So the fact we can't draw the map for 10 years, uh, it is just critical that you get the most fair maps because these decisions that they're making and that they're voting on impact some of the most important areas of everyday people's lives. Yeah, it really does. And, and you know, people think that, that redistricting is a little bit of an esoteric kind of inside the black box thing, but it really has a profound impact and an impact on how Nebraska is going to be governed and, and how the state's going to yep. function for the next decade. So it's yep. really important that everyone really take a look at this process and make sure that the process is one that represents the, the state of Nebraska. So what are some things that we're looking for in a process that is good? Like, of course, we want it citizen-led. We're not getting that. Mm -hmm. But right now, what are some things that we should be looking for if we're deciding if we think the process is going well? Okay. Well, first of all, even though the process is in the legislature, there are still some rules that they're supposed to follow. And let me just go over some of these rules, and then we'll talk about how some of these rules haven't been followed in these maps that we're seeing that have come out of, uh, of the committee. So one of the things that's really important is that the district boundaries are supposed to follow county lines wherever practicable, right? And that the, the districts themselves are supposed to be compact and contiguous, right? So you can kind of have that in your mind to start off with. You don't want any weird looking, you know, kind of districts. I don't know if you and your, your um, listeners are familiar with the term gerrymandering. 
but it, it basically means that it, it goes all the way back to Jerry, you know, to a to a um, senator in, in Massachusetts. But it's when you create these districts that look like salamanders. I mean, that they're they're crazy districts. You're not in, in Nebraska. You're not supposed to have districts like that. They're supposed to be compact and follow the county lines. So then the other thing that they're supposed to do is that the lines are supposed to coincide with the boundaries of cities and villages as much as possible. Okay. Then you have the, the real kicker here, which is this whole process. It's not supposed to have the intention of favoring any political party or any other group or person. So, so it's supposed to really be on the up and up. And so when they draw boundaries, they're not supposed to take into account the, the political affiliations of registered voters in the area, the demographic other than population figures. And they're not supposed to take into account the results of prior elections to try to figure out exactly how they wanna draw this district to get a particular result. So that's really important too. So that's interesting because on social mm -hmm. media, I have seen senators in both political parties who are, you know, of course, part of this process who have made comments like, so for our district voters in my district, this is a good outcome for us because I am happy with the way they're drawing the lines or I am unhappy with the way they're drawing the lines. Mm -hmm. so you're saying that is just inherently uh, the wrong way to look at things. Right. It's not supposed to be a, a process that that favors one party or another or that picks voters according to the way they voted before. That's not how this process is supposed to work. And then you get the um, the the other issue of you don't want to dilute the voting strength of any minority population. You don't want to do anything in particular to affect minority populations like that. And then strangely enough, you don't wanna have a process that leads to unequal population of districts. So for a congressional district, the population between districts one, two, and three isn't supposed to be more than 1% of the total population, okay? Now, unfortunately, the way the Nebraska constitution is written and this is there was a Supreme Court case that allowed this type of thing, you can deviate as much as 10% with uh, in population with all these other districts. And it really kind of flies in the face of the one man, one vote, one woman, one vote concept. You know, we wanna make sure it's one person, one vote in Nebraska. So the, the, smaller, the smaller the population deviation in all of this, the better we are toward that goal. So that's important too. Now- So that's something people should be looking at. That's mm -hmm. one thing they should look at is for the districts, do we see a lot of deviation from evenly divided by the population? Are you mm -hmm. under over by how much? Right. And, you know, in Nebraska, the reality is, is that the population growth in the state has has taken place in urban areas or at least urban suburban areas of the state. And so based on that, and, and this one person, one vote principle, there should be at least 27 districts in Douglas, Lancaster, and Sarpy counties. That should be kind of the benchmark. But again, you know, that, that has become a problem. So, so what we believe is the league 
is that we should really, they should really be striving to minimize county splits, ideally no more than five in the, in the, um, the legislative districts and no division of racial or disadvantaged groups into separate dis districts, specifically like Grand Island, North and South Omaha, Sioux City. You wanna just be really careful of those areas. So what's happened is that these maps that have come out, they, they are not, you know, they have these very, they have fairly large deviations. It does not look as though that there are going to be 27 districts in Douglas, Lancaster, and Sharpie counties. And we're not even quite sure how that could even happen. And, you know, we're, we're very disappointed so far in, in what the committee's done, because the committee basically has, to some extent, the Republicans have drawn their map, the Democrats have drawn their map, and there's been no negotiation toward a map that can be submitted to the legislature. So they're going to go around and have meetings about these two maps. And this is all going to have to be hashed out now during the legislative session, which is going to get quite messy. Yeah. That's, so have you studied the two maps that have come out so far? And do you have just thoughts about the different maps? Sure. Let me kind of talk about the, the maps in context of the whole process. So what's happened during this whole process of drawing maps has been an incredible lack of transparency in the whole process. So while we understand that they, they have a deadline to meet, you know, obviously we have a primary elections for the 2022 election. They've got deadlines to meet to, to get this redistricting done. They have had, they had quite a bit of time while they were waiting for the census. And this committee wasted most of this time when they could have been doing administrative work, assigning subcommittees, setting time guidelines, determining a plan of how the public would be involved. That didn't happen. Okay. So what this has led to is a huge lack of public involvement in this process. So as far as we could tell, there has been only one meeting that was the public's even been allowed to attend of the committee. And they weren't even, we weren't even allowed to make any comments. And that was on August 30th. Then they supposedly had another meeting on September 7th. And it was unclear whether that meeting was open to the public or if only senators and staff were allowed. And it was posted with less than 24 hours notice. So there's been no, you know, the, the second house has not had much of the say in any of this whatsoever. And um, Senator Linehan has been quoted as saying that she didn't want to introduce the public into the mix because it was quote of no benefit. So, We've really been shut out of the process so far, and we don't really know exactly how they've come up with these maps, because what we've done, we actually submitted maps to the committee for the legislative districts and for the congressional districts. And what we did is there, there are these map making softwares, District R, I believe is what it's called. And, and basically there are programs that you can feed all of this information into and it will give you compact, contiguous, it, it will follow all of these rules and get you maps. And they had said that, you know, by all means, the public should submit maps. Well, we submitted our maps and we don't believe they were ever really introduced and considered according to the process. And we don't know exactly what process they used 
to come up with these maps. They have not, they, they've released the maps, but they haven't released any of the data that they used to create the maps. So, so big red flag as far as that's concerned. So I have a question. You mentioned that they're not going to have to hash this all out in the legislature. Is there, I know that they only have a certain number of days left in session. Mm -hmm. I mean, how are those things potentially impacted with this? You know, it's a really good question. The first day of the legislature um, coming back into session is tomorrow. They have last we looked, unless they posted it, you know, this evening, there was no information on where the hearings would be, when they would be. It's going to have to come. The bills will be introduced. Not only these two maps that are being taken around on their road show to, for public comment, but we've talked to senators and there will be other maps introduced and they're all going to have to go through committee hearings. We don't know anything about these committee hearings. We don't know when they're going to be, where they're going to be. You know, we're completely in the dark. And basically, there's going to be three meetings around the state. On Tuesday, they'll be in Grand Island. On mm -hmm. Wednesday, they'll be in Lincoln. And then here in Omaha at 10 o'clock in the morning on Thursday, they're going to be at the Scott Conference Center at UNO on Pine Street. And we're really encouraging people to show up to this meeting and, you know, let the senators know that this process you know, has not been transparent, has not been open, and that people are unhappy with the maps. And we're particularly unhappy at the, at the concept of splitting the second congressional district down Dodge. We think that there's a big problem with that. You know, it really flies in the face of all of these rules they supposedly had set up. So it's one of those situations where the community really needs to come out and make a statement. Because people who favor what is being done, I can guarantee you they will come out and they will be there to speak at these meetings. So if, if Omaha and the rest of Nebraska want to be heard on this issue, they are going to need to come out of their houses and come to these meetings and, you know, make a fuss and say, hey, we're watching. We want to be involved. So are the maps that the League of Women Voters submitted, are those public? Um, they've been out on Twitter and they've been out on Facebook. Um, if we don't have them on our website, our website is lwvnebraska.org. We're taping this on Sunday night. They will be up um, by the time your program airs tomorrow evening, you said you guys post? Usually, yes. yeah. We try so, very hard. So if you go to Nebraska, um, if you go to lwvne, oh, sorry, lwvnebraska.org, the maps will be on there. Okay. And I will put them in the show notes, listeners. Mm -hmm. I'll find links to the map. And I think that will be interesting for people to be able to look at the two maps that um, Senator Linehan and Senator Wayne have produced and then really compare kind of what a computer who ideally they're neutral mm -hmm. and then two people that represent political parties how are they different? How are those maps different? Mm -hmm. That would be interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, what like I said, we really tried to follow what the rules were. And, and ordinarily, as far as we understand, the, um, the Legislative Research Office should have drawn the first maps based on the information and keeping all of these things in mind. But we don't know if that process was followed. 
Okay. So it sounds like there's a lot of questions people could ask about process. Mm -hmm. And those are all really fair questions. When people are deciding if they're going to come speak and crafting what they might say, if they do choose to come speak, what are some other things? So, so far, I think we've got look at percentage of deviation in the map. Mm -hmm. What has been the process so far? What is the data used in these maps? Um, how, you know, what is their providence, I guess, to use an art term? What's the providence of these maps? Who mm -hmm. made them and when? Who was involved? Mm -hmm. Arc cities and counties split evenly. What are some other things people could be looking at? Sure. I mean, some of the things that we're actually calling for from the from the legislature is that Douglas County be kept whole and there should be a deviation of less than 100 individuals between congressional districts. That's a very doable thing. We'd like the the congressional maps to strive to have no more than one Nebraska County split. And that, you know, that there should be no division of racial or disadvantaged groups into separate districts, specifically in the congressional district. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, I think that that, you know, going back to kind of the, the the basic rules that the committee themselves set forward, you know, why aren't they following their own rules? Is there any sort of digital town hall way to participate? Because when I think about three meetings for the whole state, mm -hmm. Lincoln, Omaha, and Grand Island. We have a big, big state. Right. Um, so how are we involving people in just literally everywhere else? Well, um, the legislature themselves, this is all that they've, they've done. I mean, as, as a league, we're going to have um, on this Saturday, which is the... 18th. Hold on one second. Let me just double check uh, what Saturday's date yep. is. Yes, the 18th. We're going to have um, three rallies. We're going to have a rally at the same time from 9 to 11. Um, one will take place at the lower plaza, plaza of the state capitol. One will take place at the parking lot in front of the Weiss Community Engagement Building in UNO, at UNO. And one will take place at Lake Zerinsky's Children's Park. And it's going to be basically, you know, a rally to call for, you know, fair redistricting in Nebraska as they go through this process. So we encourage people to come to that. And, you know, hopefully we can engage them. And after these meetings, really the only other thing people will be able to do is contact their senators. And I think it's super important for people who live in Omaha to contact their Omaha senators and the senators that kind of abut their district and say, hey, you know, Omaha is like being kind of shut out of this process. You, you need to stand up for the, for the city and for Douglas County. Um, mm -hmm. I was told specifically to make sure my comments are noting something specific in a map mm -hmm. that impacts me. Mm -hmm. And so there's like eight square blocks of my neighborhood, which butts up against a major street. That's a dividing point for most districts and then a large cemetery. And there's about eight square blocks that are being pulled and put into a district that we're nowhere close to. Mm -hmm. So I'll have very specific things to talk about 
I know there's some funny things going in on specifically in Lincoln with Air Park being split up and put in two different legislative districts associated with small towns that are around us. So mm-hmm. I think especially with the population growth we've seen, um, the folks in urban areas need to make sure that they're advocating that, you know, we're not deviating down in population here and up in rural areas just to make sure that people are getting represented. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I understand, you know, where they're coming from in rural areas. It's very difficult with with falling populations out there. We've got senators who are representing huge swaths of Nebraska, but mm-hmm. it is a one person, one vote system. And, you know, you need to, to follow the rules and, you know, allocate the Senate seats where they are mm-hmm. be appropriately advocate and, you know, allocated. Correct. Mm-hmm. So what kind of advice would you give to people who have never testified before a legislative body, a political making body before, but want to be involved in this process? Maybe they've not written a letter or maybe they have, but not this kind of letter. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of advice would you give to people? Sure. Just I- embarking on getting involved. Right. I think the very first piece of advice I would give them is to always be respectful, because I think we've seen too many of these public hearings turn into shout fests and turn turn nasty. And that's definitely not the Nebraska way. And that's not the way to be heard. So I think that what you need to do is you need to be respectful of, of both the senators and the process that's that's being played out. But you also have to be very strong in, in saying that as members of the second house of Nebraska, we wanna make sure that our voices are heard and that they, you know, they need to stick by the rules that they've laid out and they need to produce nonpartisan maps that are not politically motivated, that are going to lead to competitive elections, because that's what we want. We don't want districts in Nebraska where one party or another party is always going to be elected. That doesn't help anyone. That just kind of locks people into to a foregone conclusion. We want Nebraska politicians to have to appeal to their constituents and make a case for why they should be elected. And that's the type of system that we should be behind. I think that's a really good point. And I know that we all, when we're watching presidential election years and the congressional election results, there are so few swing seats in any given election And all of that political money goes into the states that have swing seats. Mm -hmm. So if we want to be a player in the national elections, for example, but of course, like all those down ballots we discussed, Board of Ed, Regent, PSC, Supreme Court, those are all important too. But nationally, one of the things about a competitive district is it just creates an actual dialogue between the people running and the people voting. And we don't have that in many, many races in our state. Mm -hmm. There is no real dialogue because they just, we know who the winners will be in many districts. Right. I mean, that, that's really, you know, kind of what we're fighting for when we talk about these districts being fair, that's the fairness that we want. We don't want guaranteed districts for one party or the other party. Mm -hmm. We want to have a discussion and we want these candidates to come to their constituents, come to the voters and really make a case for why they want to be elected and what they're going to do to help them and to move the state forward, because that's what it's all about in the end. It's about a better Nebraska and how we get there. 
I know one thing that there's been a couple of races where the incumbent, the person who would we all knew would win, uh, refused to even debate or speak with, do a town hall with their opponent. And I feel like, you know, if you have a district and it's 45, 55, we know who's going to win, but that doesn't mean that 45% of the people don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something that's really hurting our state in many ways now and could potentially get much worse if we don't advocate for a good outcome in this process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's what we want. We want to, we want an outcome that's going to um, lead to engagement. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have April here tonight who is our resident librarian, but she would be very upset if I did not ask you if there is anything that you're reading uh, right now. Sure. Well, first I wanna recommend that people actually read their local newspaper. It's really important to support a local newspaper because they're the ones that are covering what's happening in your community. And be a, a, a digital subscription to the Omaha World Herald, the Lincoln Journal Star, Seward Independent. There are, there are papers all across the state. And it's just really important because that's where you're going to find out about things like redistricting. Don't rely on Facebook, for God's sakes. <laughs> um, you're not going to get the best news from places like that. So that would be my first recommendation. And, you know, it doesn't hurt to read a couple national papers, too. Um, you know, the Times, the the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, you know, any of those are, are great, uh, are great options. Personally, what's on my um, on my nightstand right now is a book called Reign of Terror by Spencer Ackerman. And it's a book that talks about how 9-11 basically affected our current political climate and, you know, kind of um, the impact that it's had. And it's it's very interesting to uh, to see 9-11 from that perspective, so close to the anniversary. Oh, that is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I remember when that happened, I was 21. I was at college at UNO. And I intentionally started taking um, classes about Islam because that's all people were talking about. So I started taking, so I get my brain wrapped around that. And then I took a speech class and was advocating in every speech, pretty much I was advocating against the surveillance state and the Patriot Act and all this nonsense, which over 20 years we have seen grow in ways we couldn't even have imagined the way that the government is watching us in ways that are, uh, you know, unsavory at best. Mm. Unsavory at best. And uh, just, yeah, I've been reflecting on that and how that has shaped me and my own journey in, as an adult. Well, when I was um, when I was in college as an intern, I'm a little older than you are. In 1984, I was an intern on the 55th floor of the World Trade Center for the world uh, for the Port Authority Import Export Company, and so I was I was lucky enough to work there for a summer, and it was a fabulous place to work. It, it was a incredible location because you could have lunch one day in Chinatown, the next day at the South Street Seaport. There'd be break dancers in the courtyard. I'm dating myself, obviously. It was just a a fantastic um, set of buildings and, you know, was just crushing, you know, watching those towers come down. You know, I had three little kids and it was, uh, you know, it it made an impact on all of our lives and, and it's, you know, it reverberates on to this day. So. 
Stephanie, do you think you've been impacted over the last 20 years thinking back? Yeah, I was feel so weird about this because I know that I know people who were massively impacted by this. And I, I mean, we all kind of carry societal trauma from this, but um, I don't know. I ever since this happened and then the, the war that came shortly after um, I have kept track of things a lot more um, than I think I would have otherwise. And really take, have taken time to think about what got us to where we are at at that point, um, you know, over the hundred years that had preceded it. And, and I look at context around a lot of things now because of that. So, you know, perspective. Well, my husband was was actually deployed to Iraq for, uh, for four and a half months to uh, the, um, to Blot Air Force Base in 2006 and seven, when they were blowing everybody up, he, he's a doctor, so he's a surgeon. So he, uh, he served over there. So it, it made a big impact on our family in that respect mm-hmm. too. And, you know, obviously we we're, you know, so thankful for all of the people who served and, you know, what is such tragedy and in, in the loss of life, both there and here. So. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, we would like to thank you so much for coming and educating us all in the process. And hopefully our listeners feel empowered to interact in the process and they know what to be looking for when they're crafting the ways and methods they're going to be interacting. Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of outcomes are a fair outcome? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so and just to leave you with one thing, um, if you do go to, to this website, um, uh, lwvnebraska.org. We have a redistricting hub on our website and Mm -hmm. you can get some more information and some more specifics if you are interested in in coming and testifying. But even if you don't want to testify, come and and be part of, of the crowd that shows up to let them know that people care about this issue. I think that's important too. Oh, that's an important point that even if you don't want to speak, just showing Mm -hmm. People are watching you. Right. It matters. And wear your mask mm-hmm. and make yes. sure you're vaccinated. Yep. Absolutely. Wear your mask. So, well, thank you, ladies. Right. Well, it's been lots so of fun. Thank you so much, Mary Lee. It was nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. You've been listening to Seeing Red Nebraska Politics from the Left. Seeing Red is a group blog edited by citizen volunteers and entirely devoted to Nebraska politics. You can support us on Patreon with a $5, $10, or $20 a month donation. Be sure to check us out at seeingrednebraska.com and on Facebook and Instagram. You can also follow us on Twitter at seeingredne or contact us via email at seeingredne at protonmail.com.